0: All righty, hello again, everyone and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter podcast for the 7th day of August 27th, 20, the day after the anniversary of the dropping of the atomic bomb on Hiroshima. Yeah, I'm Derek Hunter. Uh, we'll give away the uh, one of the signed books at the end of the show, and then I'll tell you which new book is coming up uh, before that uh, at patreon.com slash podcast or um, You, I, I, I'll get to all, everything else, but this just occurred to me as I mentioned it in the opening. Japan, Twitter in Japan, social media in Japan, is really pissed off about Oppenheimer and oh, people are being so cavalier about Barbenheimer, you know, combining the Barbie movie with the Oppenheimer movie, and it's just a, it's a horrible thing. The the Japanese have a lot of gall to complain about the way World War II ended. They really do have a lot of gall, you got to admire it, to complain about the way World War II ended because they started it I mean, not in europe but they started our involvement in it they punched us first they sucker punched us and we hit back eventually we started hitting back with the do little raid but then we started hitting back even more with everything else that went down and to really bitch about the way that it ended you've really got to have some nerve how dare you? This is not, you should not be so, it's a, sh- hey, how about we make a movie about the Bataan Death March? We do that. I mean, there are how many various Japanese atrocities that could easily be pointed out, not just against Americans, but against allies in general, against Chinese in general. Horrible, awful Crimes against humanity—that it gets look, what the Nazis did was absolutely terrible—and that overshadows in history what Japan did. But what Japan did was just as bad, just as awful, and I think more people were involved in it. It's just a horrible situation. Now they've changed. I'm not saying they're not they're the same people. Germany has changed. I'm not saying they're the same people. But honest to God you really got to have some balls to go. I don't. Why are you making movies about Oppenheimer? You should not. We are, it's a horrible thing, and he's a man who should be condemned. Hey, all right, you start with Tojo. You start with any one of the uh, leaders of the Imperial Japan military. How about you start with them? How about you acknowledge the atrocities that you committed. I mean, honestly, given the way that it, for a while there they were making movies right around the time of Band of Brothers, it took them, I don't know, 10 years or whatever to get around to doing the Pacific. But the Bataan Death March deserves to be immortalized and m- remembered a- a- in film, on film. It does. The atrocities that were done and the people who endured them and lived and survived, those people need to be acknowledged. Now, most of those people have, are gone already. There's, there's got to be a few left. But their story is known, but because or their story has been recorded, it's not really known because our ridiculous, politically correct society will not allow the telling of the story because the same reason you can't say, hey, the, uh, the coronavirus came from the Wuhan coronavirus laboratory, probably, right? The factory that makes them. can't say, Because the left has zero faith in us as human beings, the rest of us, the people who are not them. What really is them saying that they don't have faith in each other, they don't have faith in themselves, they believe that upon learning the horrors, the absolute horrors of something like the Bataan Death March, that people would go out and start attacking Asians because of something that happened 80 years ago. Now, Democrats are already attacking Asians. So, I mean, let's not kid ourselves about that. But and that's and not just physically. They want to keep them out of college. Too many of them are going to the good colleges. We need to keep them out of that. It is. An absolute disgrace what the Democrats do, what the Democrats are. But it is worth noting that you're not getting a complete... It's weird because they don't want a complete picture of world history. Even recent world history, certainly way more recent than slavery. Because they are convinced that everybody's just some kind of dumbass redneck who's going to go out there and find anybody who looks vaguely Asian, and beat them up because of what they saw on some movie film, right? It's wildly stupid, but that's what they believe. That's what they tell don't talk about who who attacked us on nine eleven. It's going and you you remember this after nine eleven it was nonstop. It was going to be an increase in hate crimes, an increase. There wasn't an increase in hate crimes. There was an increase in reporting of hate crimes. There wasn't an increase in hate crimes. The convictions didn't go anywhere. After Donald Trump was elected, what did the left-wing media do? They formed a conglomerate. They formed a a uh, joint venture with the Southern Poverty Law Center, New York Times, L.A. Times, Washington. All these left-wing outlets you could possibly imagine got together and they created a clearinghouse administered by the... I wrote about this in my book. Administered by the... Southern Poverty Law Center, to warehouse, to catalog, all of the forthcoming, because Donald Trump had just won, he hadn't become president yet, all the forthcoming hate crimes that would be happening because people would be emboldened by the horrible, god-awful president of the United States who encouraged, cheered on, in fact, probably in his spare time snuck out and committed hate crimes himself and all they did this was the laziest database ever it was a whole bunch of links to various news stories and they cataloged them and then after a few months a couple of things emerged the vast majority of these so-called hate crimes are happening in democrat bastions california new york there was some in maryland wherever, and it wasn't just, okay, yeah, in California, but there's some red areas, and no, it was the blue areas in the blue states, New York City, Manhattan, San Francisco, you name it, Montgomery County, Maryland, the bluest of the blue in the blue, and you sat there, and you go, well, whoa, who knew that there was this festering hatred just below the surface right who knew that was sitting there and they're just waiting for someone to come along and get elected to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue to unleash this horrible horrible hate well that was ridiculous it's as ridiculous as the Jesse Smollett hey they they came up to me in Chicago attacked me and said this maga country yeah, Chicago, Illinois, no, nobody thinks of Illinois. But then again, in the bluest of the blue, not just Illinois, it's Chicago. This is MAGA country, Manhattan, this MAGA country. And we got stories left and right of the, uh, the girl who wore a hijab, who had her hijab ripped off. She was home late on the subway because two Trump guys had harassed her for being off-white. Muslim and wearing a hijab it was terrible it was horrible they were monsters and they got away with it because everybody in the subway car didn't bother to help her because she was also brown and they're just horrible people and everybody hates her and then a couple of days later when none of the stories panned out when nobody was ever found on any surveillance footage meaning her description when nobody came forward to witness this she cracked because she was a young girl Turns out that she was going uh, somewhere else in the city to visit her boyfriend. She wasn't allowed to have a boyfriend, but she was out there visiting her boyfriend. She was late coming home. She needed an excuse. It can't be. I was too busy making out with my boyfriend. So she came up with this crap story about Trump supporters because Trump supporters became the boogeyman. They became the built-in easy excuse for everybody and everything the church in silver spring maryland montgomery county that had anti gay slurs spray painted on the walls oh discovered by ironically enough the gay organist at the church horrible thing that poor man had to suffer seeing that and then it turns out that a couple of about a week later they discovered that he did it they found the paint they found, he confessed it's not like they uh, they went to their grave denying this forever these people confessed same reason all these leftists on college campuses go out there and they make up these fake hate crimes. Why do they make up these fake hate hate crimes? Because they know that these hate crimes exist. They know that these hate crimes are happening. They just, their professors have told them they're happening. So they go out into the real world ready, armed, just ready, needing to go and combat this in the name of social justice. And so out they go, hunting down this phobia and that ism and whatever, and they can't find it. They can't find it. Turns out that it's much better at hiding than uh, their professors had told them. Because their professors, their teachers, their, their trusted politicians, they told them it's everywhere. It's prevalent. You can't escape it. Well, they can't find it. But they know it's there because those people wouldn't lie. They're in positions of authority. So they, they sprawl the things on the walls. They write the nasty notes and put them in. They do all those things. Because they need to draw attention to the issue to fight it. It's out there. It's real. It's prevalent. Hell, the country was founded on it. Just because they can't find it doesn't mean anything. It's not enough. They don't have the intellectual capacity to be given pause by the fact that they cannot find what they have been told is everywhere. It's like being in a lake and not being able to find water. Where? How is that possible? It's everywhere. It's just really good at hiding, apparently. That's the kind of mess that the left creates. That's the kind of world that they operate in. That's the kind of mentality they instill in people who are otherwise normal, who otherwise would have gone about life like normal people. But they get infected with this garbage. They go running around and they need to find people. They need to get people. They must, they must do these things. They must point them out. So when you get these people going, oh, Barbie, and uh, Barbie Oppenheimer, Barbenheimer, you're making fun of it. No, no, we're just combining two things. We're just making a movie about what actually happened, that it's inconvenient to you. Sorry, you know, I'm sure... Chuck Manson sat in his cell and now is rotting in hell. And every time Helter Skelter comes on, he's like, oh, jeez, this again. We're going to do this again. The best thing to do is to not do the bad thing in the first place. The second best thing to do is if in your past you've done something, don't deny it. You don't have to embrace it. You don't have to get a tattooed across your forehead. But when people bring it up, if you're a nation, you just go, yeah, we did it. It's horrible. We shouldn't have done it. Moving on. I will point out that while the first atomic bomb was dropped on the, yesterday, the anniversary yesterday, um, it took three days before we dropped the other one and there was no, we want to surrender after you've destroyed one of our cities with a single bomb. There was no, we want to call it a day. We are out. It took until days after the dropping of the second bomb and the promise that we would drop as many bombs as necessary, even though we didn't have any more bombs. You didn't know that. Japan didn't know that. But it's one of the things that they conveniently leave out. I always say, well, Japan was on the verge of collapse anyway, and this was superfluous. And what we really wanted to do was demonstrate to the Soviet Union, to Russia, that we had these bombs. Well, we could have just demonstrated that we had these bombs, but um, if you say, well, Japan was not that far away from surrender, collapse, however you want to do it, they'd sworn to fight to the very last person, the very last child. It didn't matter. They were ready to all die according to their propagandists. That's what they encouraged their people to do. Who were we to not take them at their word? It would be insane not to take those people at their word at the time. And I ask you this, the estimates were, and you say this to a committed leftist, well, the estimates were the invasion of Japan, the mainland, and all of the island, would have cost a million American lives. Well, that's the high-end estimate. Well, I would ask this, how many lives are enough? What would be the low-end estimate where you go, you know what, this is well worth it? Of course, they'd probably not answer, not because they don't have a number in their head, they don't actually care about the million, so why would they care about less than a million? But they wouldn't because they'd recognize the rat's nest that they would be stepping in at that point. It is, you know, it might have cost less lives, but I would say that if you could save one life, do you want to be the one to go and explain to the family that, Yes, your father, your brother, your son died in the invasion of Japan, but uh, nobody else did. You didn't have to, but he did. It's cool, though, right? As we just had to get one guy killed, and then we could call it a day. Then we could go on from there. Are you, are you, do you think that would be justice or justified? No, especially since Japan was, again, swearing to take it to the very bitter end. So spare me, Japan, your outrage over the Oppenheimer movie. Don't go see it. Nobody's forcing you to do it. But let's not pretend that not only do you not have, you don't have blood on your hands, you do. It is marinated to the bone throughout every square inch of your body if you want to play that generational game. You want to blame Americans now for what happened in America in 1945? Let's talk about what Japan was doing at that same time, huh? Nope, you don't want to do that. But I will point out that the second you did unconditionally surrender, the bombing stopped. Yeah, the bombing stopped. Now we could again talk about how you treated people who had been captured in the course of war, people who had been captured, people with legal protections, people who had surrendered, people you had in custody, people you tortured people you butchered people you starved to death you marched to death you sliced apart for no good reason other than you looked at them as inferior forgive me if i don't give a damn that you don't like the oppenheimer i haven't even seen it but you make me want to the whining makes me want to all right enough about that speaking of whining and the bitter end i uh, i didn't get up i did actually set an alarm I had a feeling I'd paid attention a little bit to the Women's World Cup, mostly for show and writing purposes, but they just weren't very good. You know what do I mean by not very good? Because they, they made it to the elimination. They just weren't very good. I remember, what, four years ago or whatever the hell it was, and I was like, it's 13 to 2 or something. Like that. They were kicking the ever-loving crap out of everybody. In the first round, they won like three to one or something like that. Okay, not great. Alex Morgan, I think her name is. They're doing commercials with Alex Morgan drinking out of a drinking Michelob out of a golden boot statue, and uh, Megan Rapinoe is selling Google phones and everything else. And it's just like they're not. First of all, Megan Rapinoe isn't even a starter. Secondly. I don't think Alex Morgan scored a goal in the four U.S. games because they scored only four goals in real goals, not penalty kick goals, real goals in the tournament Four, three games or three in the first game and one in the second game. So they had one win and two ties. And that was it. I thought that's not very good. They might actually not advance. And they were, and the thing that annoys, I mean, obviously the politics of all the leftists and Megan Rapinoe, uh, programming note, I'm going to swear, well, I'm going to use one swear word here, be, and it's not even a really bad swear word, but it is, uh, it's appropriate. So you've been warned, I don't want any emails about it. Megan Rapinoe doesn't seem to understand the di- this difference, and sh- this, her attitude has, appears to have infected the team. She doesn't understand the difference between being confident and being an asshole. There's a difference, and there's a fine line between the two, and it's easy to cross it, but she doesn't seem to care. (laughs) When they first came out, they were wearing these suits, and they were doing this dance, and they were just... They acted as though they were going to win, not just in this game, but in every game. They acted with a sense of, an aura of superiority. You can be better than everybody else and you can know you're better than everybody else, although they were wrong. But you can do that without being an ass about it. Megan Rapino's shtick that earns her upwards of like $7 million a year is blurring that line of being that person Of in the companies that sponsor her. They, you know, they they hate, they love the peop- They love offending the people who get offended by Megan Rapinoe. They love so they want to stick a stick in your eye. That's what they do. That's why they hire Megan Rapinoe. There's no if you're if you're paying five hundred thousand dollars a year to somebody who, when it's not the World Cup, you have to explain who this person is who is this person in this commercial why why is their face on your poster well that's Megan Rapinoe who's Megan Rapinoe she's a soccer po- oh okay uh for us like yeah if you have to do that it's you're advertising with that person for a a different reason other than you put LeBron James face on it and everybody goes there's LeBron James All right, uh, I don't know why he's eating that sandwich you got Patrick Mahomes selling you Subway okay I get it I know who that is you put Megan Rapino out there. You go, who's that weird lady with the random, ugly, seemingly done by children tattoos at various spots in her arm who is way too old to have that blue hair or whatever the hell it is? It's just, it's just wrong. It's just wrong. Not wrong. Like you can spend your money however you want. But you look at it and you're like, what the hell is this? If that's what you want, then you reap what you sow. The U.S., I wasn't rooting against them. But I wasn't rooting for them because I returned the favor. They don't like me. They don't like my politics. I don't care for them. I'm fine with it. It There's a little bit of schadenfreude. I try to avoid that, but I don't. I can't always. And sometimes you just need to. But the U.S. lost. The U.S. lost on penalty. Now, this is another reason why soccer doesn't really catch on that much in the United States men the men's team in the U.S. aren't good enough to make the finals or make the knockout round most of the time so like penalty kicks never really become an issue to oh we got eliminated by any penalty kicks the story there would be holy crap we made it to a round where penalty kicks are used because in the first round you can do ties because they don't care but when we went against Sweden and we lost on penalty kicks and Megan Rapinoe missed and a couple others missed and uh, the goalie initially made the save, but the ball bounced in, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I was watching that. I, like I said, I didn't. I had an alarm set. I slept through it or turned it off in my sleep for five o'clock. But I naturally woke up around six thirty and uh, watched it. From there on out, and we lost. We lost. I. I didn't feel good about it but I didn't feel bad about it. I normally, when I watch a sport, a championship of a sport, a championship game, and if I don't have a vested interest or if I do have a vested interest or even if I didn't have a vested interest, I sort of subconsciously root for one team or another. I will still, i like, yeah, they won or they lost or whatever. Even if my team won, which doesn't happen all that often, but even if my team won, when they show the shots of the people and the other team upset, this was their one, you know, they made it to the Super Bowl. Guy's been in the league five years, probably not many more years left in him. And he made it to the Super Bowl. It's been his dream. And he lost the Super Bowl. And just barely, it wasn't like he got his ass handed to him. He just barely lost the Super Bowl. And you sit there and you go, I don't really like this guy, but he's, he's crying. He's upset. And I get it because you're not going to probably, most people don't get many multiple shots at a Super Bowl. I feel badly for them something in me goes oh man that sucks I feel so sorry for that guy even if I don't like them there was none of that with this team there was none of that with this team and it all stems from Megan Rapino and her attitude, what I imagine is her bully sort of attitude. You go along with my left-wing politics. It's not just that she's gay. I don't care that she's gay. It's not that she's like, I'm gay and I'm married. and No, it's it's that she doesn't like this country, and she is a typical leftist in that if you don't agree with her, you are her enemy. She does not like you. She is not going to like you. She is not going to wish you well. She is going to wish you ill, and she will gleefully call you out and tell you how horrible you are. She is out there and saying, well, men need to be competing with women in women's sports if they declare themselves to be women, which is a really easy thing for somebody retiring and heading to the exits to declare, closing the door behind her, to opportunity to all the girls across the country because her political agenda takes over and it will never directly impact her, well, as the father of two daughters, go to hell, Megan Rapino. <laughs> I'm not interested in your garbage politics. I'm not interested in your thoughts on this. I don't, you want to start a league for trans dudes to go, knock yourself out. You want to take away opportunities from my daughters? And I have a problem with that. I have a big problem with that. So she lost. And not only did she lose, she was worthless in the tournament. She did nothing in the tournament, and she even missed her penalty kick. It wasn't as though, hey, man, the goalie guessed right or whatever and blocked it. She missed the net completely. It couldn't have happened to a nicer person. She will be missed by somebody somewhere. And congratulations to Sweden. And now, honestly, I'll probably watch. Because what bothered me wasn't as much that these women existed, that this team existed. I really can't stand and it's the same way when the men's team makes the the tournament too. They always get knocked out in the first round. But the coverage is so over the top. These are the superstars of the game. Everybody loves it. Oh, my, no, nobody knows who these people are. Nobody watches this sport. It's not because it's women. It wasn't because it was because it was men. The American teams suck, especially the men's side, and we're not interested all right we'll watch it out of curiosity but watching it and then having it just screamed in your face how awesome everybody is and how wonderful all the americans are here they love the americans are loving this team like no we wouldn't offer somebody on the street of any major city a million dollars to name five members of the men's or women's team hell combine it and you would your money would be safe but the, I get it, I guess, that you've got to be the guy. This is the greatest and blah, blah, blah. And all these ridiculous superlatives. But I just get so sick of it. And the commercials. We love this guy that you never heard of and won't hear of again in two weeks at all. It is just the best. And when we want to go out with the best, we hang out with this guy. Like, no, shut up, okay? You can do your commercials. You can do the ads and everything. But the hype, the hype drives me nuts because it's fake, Hype is fake. People who are smart don't have to run around telling everybody they're smart. People who are really good at a sport don't have... Shohei Ohtani doesn't have a Jerome. Like Morris... Prince didn't have a uh, a Jerome. Morris Day did. His cousin Morris Day did. That was part of the shtick. Morris Day was actually pretty talented too. But you get the point. People who are really good don't need somebody to sit there and tell them how good they are and tell everybody around them how good this person is. They... We all know it. We all recognize it. You get these jackasses on the radio. I'm honest and I'll never lie to you. And I, I'm not trying to sell you anything. And I, That's all they do. It's all they do. So that drives me nuts watching soccer. So I enjoy it much more for the competition and the celebration of victory once the United States is removed and we don't have to have that hype machine. And it's corporate America that kind of... ruined. I mean, Megan Rapinoe ruined it too, but it's corporate America that ruins this crap for me. So there you go. Screw corporate America. All right, now that we've probably all agreed on everything, I want to touch on something that we probably won't agree on. Donald Trump today, his lawyers have to file paperwork, have to file motions to address the prosecutor... Jack Smith, claiming that he wants a protective order against Donald Trump and prevent him from talking about various evidence and whatnot in this case. I don't know the grounds on which this would be justified, but it's smart politics for Smith, for the audience he's playing to. He's playing to leftists. And it's smart politics for Trump for the people he's playing to, which are just his fans. I don't think he's hoping to expand the tent here on this. But he's also wildly stupid to be doing this. Every single day, I don't know what the hell they call him on Truth Social, but every single day he's sending out tweets. Because let's be honest, they're tweets, they're just not on Twitter. Every single day he's sending out tweets, whining and complaining and, and attacking the prosecutor. Okay, fine. He, he literally employs an army of robots of people who will do anything he wants. He's got they doesn't employ them. He's got a whole group of people who orbit his world, who make their money off that orbit in the proximity to Donald Trump. He doesn't have to pay them, but he would get he can get them to do pretty much anything they want, to tweet anything they want. They could go out there they could be the ones making these stupid declarations on social media if that's what they want but Donald Trump needs to stop he is if you've ever seen Fight Club he is uh, Edward Norton beating the crap out of himself in his boss's office punching himself in the face throwing himself through the glass shelves and everything that's what he is he could be so successful if he'd just get out of his own way, I'm not talking about business, I'm talking about in politics, he would be have a much better shot if he'd just get out of his own way, if he'd stop punching himself in the face. Recognize this percentage of the Republican vote, whatever it's, I've got them. There's literally, these are the people where he said, I could shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue and nobody would lose. These are those people. He's got them. He could literally still go out and shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue and they wouldn't care. At a certain point, you got to try and add to that. You can stop appealing to them. If they forgive you for shooting somebody in the face on Fifth Avenue, they'd forgive you if you stopped pandering to them, right? If you started trying to win rather than just pander to them. The New York Times had a poll last week where the general election general election polls don't mean anything even less than primary polls, but It was 43% for Biden, 43% for Trump. And Trump was like, I'm ahead or I'm tied and blah, blah. It's certainly not good for the incumbent to be at 43% against anybody. But with an incumbent that can only pull 43%, Donald Trump only pulling 43% as well is really bad. 43%, meaning 57% of the people there going some various form of Joe Biden sucks. And then they look at the other side and it's Donald Trump and they go, but Donald Trump sucks too, or Donald Trump is worse, or what have you. He's still got time to change that perception. He's not going to change it with everybody. He probably wouldn't change it with very many people, but we don't need him to change it with very many people. He needs to change it with enough people in the right states. Conversely, Joe Biden still has plenty of time to change the perception that he sucks as president, that the economy is terrible, that um, inflation is out of control, gas prices, blah, blah, blah. All of those things can go down. We've been up. Remember before the 2022 midterms, gas prices hit five bucks and it was all about gas prices and boy, how did and then gas prices went down. And what happened? Democrats way overperformed in victories. So you gotta be aware of this. Forty-three to forty-three is a horrible result for both candidates right now. It says that the middle, the people who you know are really gonna decide the election, don't like either one of them. Do they stay home? Which side gets more excited to go out? There are people, and Donald Trump will be a motivator if he's the nominee for both parties. The Republicans who love Donald Trump will drag everybody, they will go, they'll start camping out now if you told them to camp out now to vote. And there are Democrats who absolutely despise Donald Trump to the point that they too would forever and ever and ever camp out in order to vote against him and vote for anybody literally anybody over it you got to find some way to stop making yourself stop punching yourself in the face maybe talk about issues rather than your issues instead Trump goes on to his true social and it's funny see he, he puts this stuff out on truth is there do you know honestly do you know anybody on true social there are a couple of uh radio people they're not much hosts, but they're who talk about they're on True Social. They're paid. I assume they're paid. They have to be paid because nobody actually uses True Social. Trump doesn't even really use True Social. He puts out something on True Social, and then he has a whole bunch of staffers screen capture it and tweet it out because that's where the action is. Sorry if you're the one person who uses True Social, but that's just the reality of it. Instead of just I don't know trying to win this case. He seems to just want to make a spectacle of himself. He tweeted out, Deranged, all in caps, all in caps lock. I honestly, it's tough to read when it's all in caps lock. It's tough to take seriously when it's all in caps lock. But it's what he does. Deranged Jack Smith and our highly partisan and very corrupt Department of Injustice could have brought this Biden and in the misspelled Biden opponent case years ago, but chose to wait and bring it right in the middle of my election campaign. No way! Three exclamation points. I hope you are watching, America. Our country is being destroyed. Make America great again. And he tweeted out, no way I can get a fair trial or even close to a fair trial in Washington, D.C. There are many reasons for this, but just one is that i am calling for a federal takeover of this filthy and crime-ridden embarrassment to our nation where murderers have uh, where murders have just shattered the all-time record other violent crimes have never been worse except it's never neen worse it's n e e n misspelled there and tourists have fled the federal takeover is very unpopular with potential area jurors but necessary for safety and greatness for all the world to see. Just sitting there, you're going, why are you, what? Just stop, okay? (laughs) Just stop, the whining about, I'm being, I'm a victim, I'm a victim, I'm a victim. No, be the guy who says, all right, I'll take you on. Let's go, let's get this done. Instead, he tweeted out again on Friday afternoon, all again in caps, if you go after me, I'm coming after you. i That's what Jack Smith is saying. He's making threats. He needs to stop. He needs to stop this, blah, blah, blah. He needs protection. Somebody's going to take the president up on this and go and kill or try to kill Jack Smith or harm his family. It may sound absurd, but it's not you who's the butt of it. And it's you're arming the prosecutor with this. I don't believe for a second that Donald Trump means this. I don't believe that he's a violent person. I think he's an unthinking narcissist who knows what his base wants to hear. And this is the kind of stuff that his base wants to hear. So he throws it out there unthinkingly. It's dumb. And he may well lose and have to face a gag order and the evidence about this case. Which will open up a whole nother can of worms because I don't know that he'd be able to obey a gag order. Whereas if he wanted to leave this kind of crap out there for other people, for all the people who make their living sucking up to Trump and sucking up to the people around Trump and conning the Trump fans out of money, he could have easily called one of them up and said, "Hey, send this. In. I want you to really go hard after Jack Smith." I want you to really go hard after Jack Smith. And they would have done it in a heartbeat. Instead, he's doing it and he's making himself look like a fool. And now he's risking a gag order, which will then empower him to go, they're trying to silence me. They're trying to silence me. I didn't threaten anybody, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, stop stepping on rakes. Just stop stepping on rakes. All right, I get it, you're an unconventional candidate, but you're a candidate, you're a president, you're a former president, you're a politician. I know you like to pretend you're not, but you are because you've been president of the United States. You've got your base. If that's all you've got, you will be carried high upon their shoulders to defeat in November of 2024. If you don't expand that base yourself by offering something worthwhile to new people to come over to your side, They will simply stay home and you will lose. It's that simple. Do you want to win or do you not care? I don't honestly know the answer anymore. If I'm being honest, I don't honestly know the answer anymore of what Donald Trump wants. I imagine he's a little concerned. He's a little scared. I imagine he's worried about um, what could happen to him. He should be, but he should probably stop making it worse, right? Shouldn't he stop making it worse? If that's what you want, if that's what you do, then you should probably stop making it worse. It seems like it anyway. What the hell do I know? I don't know anything except that. All right, I also know that we're out of time for today. That's enough, and I probably ticked everybody off, but what are you going to do? I have a winner. The Ray Lewis book, I Feel Like Going On, Life, Game, and Glory. Autographed by Ray Lewis himself was won by a young lady named Kathy Hornberger. Congratulations, Kathy Hornberger. You have a message from me, and send me your address, and I'll get you that book mike lee returns mike lee is uh, uh the freedom agenda and he is going against a billionaire a genuine i don't know if he's still alive or not though i bought this book because you should have you know if you ever wanted to forge a billionaire's autograph and it was a demon for a while they've turned into uh, they, they kind of drive me nuts the, the Koch brothers the Koch brothers Oh, my! they're funding the concert. No, they're not. They're expecting return on it. They don't, it'd be much better if they just wanted to win, right? But no, they want somebody, they want 100% of their agenda and it, they're like the left. If you're not on my team all the way, then I don't really have much use for you. Like why? The other team is trying to stab you in the back. We're trying to stop you from being stabbed in the back. You don't have to like what I'm trying to do. You agree with me on 70% of it how about we just work on that stuff? And then, nope, nope, nope. Drives me nuts. But anyway, if you ever wanted to forge a billionaire signature, I can give you a real copy of one that you can learn how to forge it yourself. It, it actually doesn't seem like it'd be all that hard looking at this chicken scratch. It is a book called Good Prophet by Charles Koch. I can't remember if he was the one who, I think he might still be alive. How Creating Value for Others Built One of the World's Most Successful Companies. I think he's still alive. I think David Koch or whatever the other Coke, I think, is the one who passed away. But in any event, it's autographed by him or Mike Lee, autographed by Mike Lee. You can go to patreon.com slash or DerekHunterLocals.com to sign up and enter to win the contest. Good luck to you all to all a good night and uh, yeah send me all your hate messages or whatever I'm just telling you what I think and that's that's what this job is is. check it out I'll see you guys tomorrow have a great night